0: Hello and welcome to Reasonably Fit. We're Jason and Lauren Pack, and this is the podcast for anyone who wants a more thoughtful and grounded approach to health and fitness.
1: Today, we have a special guest, Martinez Evans, joining us on the pod. Martinez has run over eight marathons since his doctor told him to lose weight or die in July of 2012. Since then, he's also coached hundreds of runners and founded the Slow AF Run Club, a community of over 10,000 members worldwide. He's also the author of the book Slow AF Run Club, The Ultimate Guide for Anybody Who Wants to Run. When he's not running races around the world, he enjoys speaking passionately about issues related to size inclusivity, mindset, DEI, and mental health. We're excited to share this interview with you, so please enjoy our chat with Martinez Evans. All right, Martinez, we're so excited to have you with us. Thank you for coming on the Reasonably Fit pod.
2: Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've been watching you all from afar. And um, I'm just glad to be a part of this.
1: Oh, we're so excited. And we got the, is it called an E-ARC? E-ARC of your book? Yeah, (laughs) it's
2: called E-ARC. So (laughs) ARC stands for Advanced Reader Copy.
1: Ah, I was trying to figure out what it stood for. And I was like, I might not even be saying it right. But we got the advanced reader copy, which sounds way cool. We sounded
0: really cool there. <laughs> we got the ER, no big deal.
1: Um, but it's awesome. I mean, we, didn't, we only got it a couple days ago. So we didn't get to read the whole thing. But we definitely got the vibe, the gist. And it's so awesome that it's a resource that I don't think is really out there at all. And we're really excited for everybody to be able to get their hands on it. And at the very beginning, you sort of talk about... What got you into running in the first place, the impetus behind this? And for anyone who's listening, for our listeners who don't know you yet, could you give us that story and walk us through that journey?
2: Absolutely. So listeners, close your eyes and imagine you're a fat man working at men's warehouse (laughs) because that's where I was at. I was working at men's warehouse at the time. Um, I was a suit salesman, so I was on my feet eight to 10 hours a day in um, hard-bottom dress shoes, hustling, right? Just hustling. And I started to develop some hip issues. So I, I went to a doctor, which sent me to an orthopedic surgeon. And as I was sitting in the doctor's office telling them, you know, all the things that I, I've been doing, right? Hey, I, hey, doc, I played football in college. Now I work at Men's Warehouse. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but just want to let you know. And he's like, I know why you're in pain. Okay, doc, wh- why I'm in pain? And, and he was like, it's because you're fat and you either need to lose weight or die mm. so <laughs> being the guy that I am you're just not gonna talk to me any type of way <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have this debate and this argument cuz he's like you know you fat you got a stomach as a pregnant woman like all of this stuff you need to go on the track and walk around the track for a, a mile I know you're gonna get tired so start with one lap and all this other stuff and you know, a part of me was like, you know what? Screw this and screw you. If I wanted to run a marathon, I could. And and I was like, I'm going to run a marathon. And he laughed at me and told me that's the most stupidest thing he heard in all of his years of practicing medicine. So, instead of putting hands on him like I <laughs> wanted to, um I stormed out the doctor's office. And on my way home, I bought some running shoes. Got on a treadmill. I was inconveniently sandwiched between two gazelles who were going nine and 10. And <laughs> I thought to myself, you know what, I can at least go seven. And 15 seconds later, I was on the ground. I fell off the treadmill. And that was my journey. That that was day one of my running journey.
1: So would you would you say that you've always been somebody who likes to be challenged and told you can't do something? Like, does that motivate you?
2: Absolutely, I'm mm-hmm. an athlete. So yeah. yeah, tell me, tell me, I can't do something and watch me, watch me prove you wrong. Because
1: it sounds like I, I'm curious from your perspective, but like the the messaging that originally when he said you're fat, you're going to die, you need to start running. Your initial reaction is almost like no, I don't want to just, like, do what I'm told, like, that's, and, like, you're coming, he didn't give you any, like, good advice except for, like, start walking around the track, but then as soon as you said, I'm going to run a marathon, he said, you can't, yeah. you went from, I'm not going to do that to actually, I'm going to run a full marathon. Yeah,
2: <laughs> absolutely, so, yeah, that, that was the journey. Um, I think I, grow, I grew up just having, like, a problem with authority, especially with stuff that makes sense, like, I was always the type of kid that's, like, uh, low key challenging the parents like, Mom, that don't make sense because you said XYM was like, shut up <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just listen. <laughs> that reminds me of the last dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, where each each time he had an epic performance he would he would call back to some other time where someone challenged him or tried to provide authority over him. And he'd be like, I took it personal. <laughs>
2: yes, absolutely. That, that was me. That was Martinez Evans. Me sitting there and saying, you know what? I took this personally and I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, when you, so you did your 15 seconds, fell off the treadmill. How did you get back up? Like, how did you keep going? How did you decide, no, I still want to be committed to this. And like, how did you start putting together a plan that actually led you to being able to take those miles on?
2: absolutely so as i was leaving the 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 fitness center with tears in my eyes i got to i got home and as i reached out um i have a tattoo on my right wrist i seen it and it says no struggle no progress and it's a nod to the 1857 speech of frederick Douglass. there is no progress without struggle right and he calls on to say that men who favor freedom without uh agitating um you know agitating someone are individuals who want uh crops without plowing the land they want the ocean without its many roars and it just goes on and on so when i seen that tattoo it's always has been to nod for myself to let me know okay martinez you need to go through the struggle so at that moment there The next day, I got on the treadmill, and I ran for 30 seconds. And the day after that, I ran for a little bit longer. And then eventually, I downloaded uh, this thing called Couch to 5K, which is like an online training plan that's readily available all over the place, right? And I started to do Couch to 5K. About 10 weeks after that thing, um, I was running my first 5K. Wow. And from that moment on, like, the bug hit me. Like the running bug hit me. So I started to run more 5Ks and then, um, I downloaded this thing called like 5K to 10K bridge and then, um, did that, ran my first 10K, um, ran a couple half marathons and, um, on January 1st of 2013, I signed up for the Detroit marathon and that was in October. So I told myself, well, I got 10 months. To actually train for this thing. Wow. I just did it very methodically.
1: Wow. That's so cool. And so that means it's almost been 10 years since your last, since your first marathon.
2: Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. How
1: many have you done since?
2: I've ran eight marathons so far. Wow. Wow. That's incredible.
1: (laughs) Neither of us could say we've run a single marathon. So (laughs) (laughs) Jason, especially, has a big disdain for running. Actually, it's a good, I feel like that's a good lead into like, how did you go from, like, I, I assume those first couple runs weren't enjoyable, mm-hmm. right? How did you go, when when did that shift happen for you where you went from struggling on the treadmill to actually finding some joy in running? And, like, how do you think that that experience actually took place?
2: It has to have been the first time that I ran for five minutes straight.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So maybe three, four weeks. Um I went from that to being able to like run for five minutes straight. And for me, um, being able to do that, I remember like, yo, like I, I went from 15 seconds to five minutes. Like, yes, I can really do this thing. Um, that's when it started to, I want to say get easier because it's never easy. But I, I tend to uh, tolerate it a little bit more. Yeah. And then the other thing that really drove me, you know, thinking about Michael Jordan, is that damn doctor, right? The voice of the doctor being like, you're fat, this is dumb, you're dumb, all this other stuff. That drove me for at least the first year of like, I'm going to prove this doctor wrong and I can't wait to like drop this medal in his face and be like, boom, I told you so. (laughs) Did you ever go back to visit him? Uh, Unfortunately not. I ended up moving um, Mm -hmm. to a whole completely different state. So Mm -hmm. never got a chance to... um, tell that doctor I told you so <laughs>
1: <laughs> well your buck will do that hopefully he'll read it <laughs>
0: <laughs> now after that first marathon where where in this journey did you start your own run club so that didn't actually start until like years later mm-hmm. I didn't
2: start the slow run club until right before the pandemic actually so here's how it got started I I was running a race and I had my headphones on jamming right And I see like somebody giving loud gestures or just doing loud, wild gestures. So I take off my headphones and he looks at me and I'm like, yo, what's going on? He's like, you're slow AF. Like he didn't say AF, but he's like, you're slow, right? Go home. And I remember being like, what? Because I'm confused. I'm like, it hasn't even hit me yet up like what he's trying to do. And it's like, oh, you're heckling me. And, you know, we have this debate debate. You know, it was an argument of he telling me to go home. I'm like, I'm running the race, though. I paid my money. You go home. Like, you're the one that's on the sideline, um, not even in the arena, mm-hmm. um, drunk, telling me to go home. No, you go home. So I run the race. I finished it. And um, when I got home, I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put slow AF on all of my shirts that I wear and run races in them. And I did that. And people found it hilarious. They loved it. Um, and people was like, yo, I want to be a part of this club. And people was like, hey, do you sell these shirts? And the entrepreneur in me was like, I do now. So I sell, <laughs> started selling these shirts, right? They're in the and mail. I sold fi- uh, exactly. <laughs> I sold 500 shirts the first weekend that I made it available. Wow. Whoa. Exactly. I had a That's business. amazing. Exactly. Um, so... From that point on, people would buy these shirts, they'll go wear it, and then other people see it and want to wear these shirts as well. So eventually, individuals will reach out to me and and ask me, hey, Martinez, like, is there a group? Like, I want to be in a group of people who also wore these shirts. Like, is this available? Can you create it? And I was like, no, but I can. Mm -hmm. So I went on the journey of of creating this, this run club, right? And we started off with about 40 people, right? Um and a couple of um in various locations, but it was like a handful of people in my local area. So we would just go run together, wear these shirts and had just have a good time and just run races together. And the pandemic happened. So everybody locked up, they went in their house and started looking at their blinds and be like running is done, blah, blah, blah. But one of the things that I also noticed that a lot of other people were experiencing the same thing of like I want to go running. I want to have some type of community or I've started running, but I don't have no type of community, so on and so forth. So the Slow F Run Club started to blow up from that point on. Mm. Like we went from 40 members to a 1,000 members. And then next thing you know, we get shouted out in New York Times. And like that brings us another 1,000 members. And, you know, uh, individuals starts to do um, like races and things of that sort. And then next thing you know, Momentum happens, and we we've got a community that has over ten thousand individuals. Wow, oh, that's so cool. That's amazing.
1: There's so much power in not only community but in also embracing like something that could be perceived as negative about yourself mm-hmm. and and like wearing it as a badge of honor and being like, yeah. I am slow and I don't care because I'm out here doing it. Like you were saying right. to that spectator, like he's not out there doing it, you are. And so to be like, I'm proud of the fact that I'm out here. I don't care what my pace is. Like it's such a it's such a cool way to turn that around and to really feel like it actually brought people together
2: absolutely uh lauren like one of the things that we're doing now is that you know we really turned to like a mission-based focus so you know the goal with slow if run club now is to get one million people to start running in the body that they have right now oh. so one of the things that we always hear are people like oh i'm not a runner i don't have a runner's body all this other stuff or like hey martinez i want to start running but like my doctor or my family or my husband or my wife has told me i need to lose weight first but I see you've done it. You know, how how have have you done it? So we want to be able to provide support for those individuals, but also make it a larger mission of, you know, providing joy in this sport that don't necessarily have joy historically
0: mm. and just provide it. Lauren touched on this earlier, but I have a pretty strong dislike for running. And I think that if there was a run club when I was younger, that was slow AF and just embrace that aspect, I think I would have picked up on it earlier because I feel like when people get into running, all you think about are pace and Mm -hmm. distance and like there's all these like little metrics that you're trying to hit and your heart rate. And like when you go out for a run, the idea of walking almost seems like you're failing. Like as soon as you you go out for a run, you feel good. And then like 30 seconds later, you're like, oh, I I went out a little bit too hot. And then as soon as you start walking, you're like, oh, I suck at running. I failed. And I feel like you can easily get into that mindset. And I think I got into that mindset. Like I could play sports for hours on end, but going on a run, I was like, I can't do this. I'm not a runner. I can't do that. So to have a group like that and to have thousands and thousands of people that are also in your similar shoes, I feel like it's so powerful to basically let people know, like, it's okay to go at your own pace. Don't worry, don't worry about the metrics. Just run because you like to run, not because you're trying to feed into runner metrics and you're trying to be this sort of great runner. Just run because you want to do it.
2: Exactly, and I think that's the thing of having joy in this sport, right? What I what I tell my members and the people I coach is that like you're not a professional runner, and that's okay. Like like your job your livelihood does not count on how fast you run so why does any of this stuff matter mm-hmm. you do it because you enjoy it you because you you do it because of the camaraderie that comes along with it and that should be that should suffice enough then thinking about numbers and paces and all the other things that the professionals are the ones that they really need to think about not us novice individuals
1: yeah for sure. Now, when you are out with your run club or when you're out running on your own, do you ever encounter people who make the assumption that you're running to lose weight? And how does that make you feel? And what's your response to that?
2: Um, all the time. Um, I think now, like back in the day, I used to feel some type of way about it. But now I know it just comes with the territory. And then like it's, it's really an opportunity for me to educate them on the benefits of regular physical activity and not necessarily regu- regulating that a rega regu- re- yeah regulating that to to weight loss right mm-hmm. there's so many benefits that comes with just regular physical activity and strength training right so why are we just um minimizing it to a number on a scale yeah right like i want to be healthy enough that when i'm old you know, I, I can get up and off the toilet without needing assistance, right? When you think of, like, individuals who are older, like, that's one of the of the um, deciding factors of whether or not they're going to put somebody in, like, in a nursing home, mm-hmm. right? They don't ma it, it doesn't matter if you are 100 pounds, 125 pounds, or 95 pounds. If you don't have the strength to get up and off the toilet by yourself, then you're going to need some type of assistance. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we focus more on that, then thinking about all this number on a scale that um, can change when the wind blows or when you drink water or whatever, whatever. Um, Fitness and physical activity will be a lot enjoyable, but also I think more people will stick with it because shame won't be around it, right? So, a lot of people, when they drop out of something or they don't do something, the first thing they feel is like, oh, I'm a failure. I suck at this. I'm a bad person. I'm morally, I'm a morally inferior person because I can't do this hard thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Versus looking at it of, okay, let me figure ways that I actually enjoy. Or if this is the thing I want to do, like what other resources did I need or modifications do I need in order to do that particular thing?
1: That's so true. And I love that that last point because... That, I feel like, is what you are trying to provide now with your book. So could you walk us through? And I want to say up front that you use the descriptor fat as a mm. like non... Um, there's no morality behind it or right. there's no negativity behind it, so I will use that as well, um, yeah, just do. if you're okay with that. Okay, so for anybody who feels like they struggle with running and they have struggled with running who who are fat. What are some of the tips that you have for them that are going to make it feel more accessible and make them feel like they can do this? They don't have to lose weight first. They can actually just get out there and go do it.
2: Uh, first thing, we start off with mindset. So inside this book, the first chapter is called You Versus Your Mind Versus Everybody, right? And I think... One of the things that I experienced with coaching uh, a bunch of individuals, right? And individuals in the Slower Front Club is that mentally, they don't think they're a runner. Mentally, they don't think they deserve to be able to uh, accomplish their dreams and their goals, right? Mentally, like this is the block that they have. So one of the things that we do or or, or what I do in this book is try to provide psychological safety to let people know that it's okay to try to do it in this space. We're not gonna judge you. We're not going to beat you down. It's okay to try something and fail. It's okay to try something, fall, and get back up. So that's the first thing that I try to do inside this book is provide psychological safety to let people know that, yes, you are a runner and you can do it. It may look different, but you got this. So after that, you know, One of the things that I thought about was, what are some of the things that I wish I had learned or I learned the hard way um, when I started running? So, uh, one of the cautionary tales is, is, you know, um, the chafe monster, right? Uh, I went running in cotton underwear. Like, I had this whole outfit of cotton on. (laughs) Underwear, t-shirts, shorts, everything, right? And went for a run and got into the shower and it felt like... I was being cut by a thousand razor blades. Uh. So letting people know that, hey, Lori, or hey, Jason, I know you're about to get back and running. Don't wear no cotton underwear, man. <laughs> or, um, you know, another thing is like providing like adequate or just the foundations of nutrition, right? Mm-hmm. So when you think about like diet and diet culture, like you a bad person if you only eat meat. You're a bad person if you Paleo or if you Liver King diet or uh, <laughs> and all this other stuff. Like, there's this like diet wards, right? Of like what's going on, and there has been um, clients that I've had, and I tell them like, all right, you need to increase your carbs by blank percent, and it's like carbs. I I can't eat carbs. Like, no, I, I'm only on X, Y, and Z. I'm on the I'm on a spring water cayenne diet. I don't eat carbs. <laughs> I, I do spring water and cayenne. And, 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 you know, being able to tell those stories of like, okay, well, I'm going to tell you about Martinez in the past who went running and didn't eat anything or um, before he went on a run. And how um, my big ass was on the side of the road um, calling my wife to say, hey, come get me. Yeah. Do you want that to happen to you? And it's like, No okay, then, well, you need to eat and really get people to really understand like what what these macros are, right? Most people don't even understand that carbs are the building block of energy, right? Or most people don't understand that like protein help rebuild muscles or really don't even understand like the basis of like, you know, what building muscle actually means. So to um, take the veil off of that and give it in a digestible way It's something that I do inside of this book.
1: That's so great. And that is such a different approach from what people are probably used to when it comes to hearing any nutrition advice, which is typically eat less of this, eat less of that, like basically take out this entire food group. And like you said, don't eat carbs and to actually feel empowered to know this is what this food actually does for me. And this is actually going to help me. Like we never hear about food talked about in a positive way, really, (laughs) about how it's going to help us. So that's so helpful just upfront to feel like, oh, I'm being like educated and empowered to to eat, to move, to do the things that we're actually meant to do.
0: Exactly. Now, something that you touched upon in the book also for people that might be a little bit less comfortable with running is why pace doesn't matter and how interval training can be helpful especially in the beginning to kind of get you up to speed to run at a consistent uh, rate. Can you talk more about that?
2: Absolutely. So most individuals when you say I'm a runner or like go for a run they think of like Hussein Boat. I don't know why that (laughs) image always comes to somebody's mind is like Go for a run. You same boat, who here I am, right? And they don't understand of like it's it's about running slow. it's about uh, being able to build up where you at, right? Uh, one of the things I always tell my clients is that it's not where you started, it's where you're going. And I think that's the same thing with intervals, is that you there's still benefit in having interval training, right? It there's so much uh that you can still do. You can still run, you can have these walking breaks and I'm still get to the end goal because when it's all said and done, a mile is a mile or a kilometer is a kilometer. If you're in Canada or overseas, right? Is that that distance is the same distance and it doesn't matter if you walked it, crawled it or ran it fast, fast as hell, right? Like it, it really just depends on, you know, you getting that distance done. So I think that's the benefit of letting people know that it's okay to walk um, while you're running but also know that if you have a plan and inside the plan it says you you're okay to walk guess what individuals feel uh, more comfortable doing it because somebody told them to do it versus um if they were just out running for example you jason like you started running and you felt tired and he's like i'm a failure right what if somebody told you hey jason i want you to run to the next light pole and then when you get to that light pole, walk for the next two light poles, and then run again.
0: Mm, yeah, it takes away all the emotion or feelings of failure around it. It's like, no, I'm just following Martinez's plan. I'm just I'm <laughs> exactly. just executing the plan. I'm I'm actually successfully executing this plan, and it's a definitely a totally different mindset shift when you think about it like that yeah for sure
1: I feel like we run into the same thing with lifting too where people will feel like if they don't hit a certain weight they're failing or if they don't when they're trying to go for like a max out and they don't hit a PR that's a failure mm-hmm. and it really is i think the same with you like we have to remind people that it's so much more about the process of getting there than the actual outcome at the end of the day. And exactly. the fact that you've put in work every single day, you've moved your body, you've gained strength, you've gained endurance, like all these things, that's what matters. And it doesn't matter what pace you did it at. It doesn't matter if you finished the race or not. You've been working toward it, and that's the actual important part.
2: I think that's the thing, right, is getting people to... And I feel like we harping on mindset, but, like, mindset is such a huge component of this, right? It's getting people to understand, like, when you have the athlete mindset, there's going to be obstacles in the road. Yeah. And that's okay because you're going to get past those obstacles and you're going to move forward. That's like saying, like, LeBron, you know, he, he puts up five points one game and then he just fall all the pieces and he's no longer good mm-hmm. for the rest of the season. No. Like, you score at five points cool you got another game 2 or 3 day, get, days later and guess what you put up 30 points so it's about that journey of you have to be consistent and the consistency would be the proof that uh proof of all the work that you have done
1: exactly yeah consistency over intensity is actually one of our core principles at reasonably fit so that is like a perfect perfect way to way to put it
0: do you have any sort of like mindset like little nuggets or jewels like that you tell people like in the middle of a run or right before their first time running with slow AF run club, like, are, are there any like standout statements that you make that tend to help people like get into the right mindset? Because it's not like a, like a quick snap of a finger and suddenly they're in the mindset that they're a runner, but like, are there any things that you use to kind of coax them along the way to eventually where they start to feel a lot more confident? Yeah, I got a couple things. Uh, first thing is comparison is the thief of joy.
2: Okay. So if we, our goal is to provide joy. Comparison just sucks that out the room. So there's no need to compare yourself to anyone else. You're focused and you're consistent and persistent in your own journey. So that's one of the things that I tell people. Um, the second thing is have delusional self-belief, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you think of all of the modern marvels that's in this world, hell, even us, right? Like we're having this conversation. I got a microphone, camera, laptops. <laughs> you got microphone, cameras, laptops. But some way, like this is working. Like, imagine somebody had to sit there back in the day before telephones were invented, and and say, like, Jason, I wish, I wish I didn't have to send a pigeon or a telegram <laughs> or whatever carrier mail. To, to talk to you, man. Like it's taken four months for me to get that, that telegram <laughs> that I sent you or did you send me? Like, I wish I could just tell you right now. And imagine Lauren being like, man, that's crazy. Why would you do that? That don't, that don't make no sense. Ain't nobody gonna talk to nobody in a different state, but somebody had to do it. And somebody believed in themselves so much when other people was telling them, yo, this is crazy and you're crazy and you're delusional in order to get the um, to get to this goal. Yeah. And then if that don't work, spike. Use the <laughs> last dance Michael Jordan. Find an enemy. <laughs> Find that enemy. Have that voice ruminate in your head and be like, you know what, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna prove them wrong. <laughs> so like those are the things that that kinda gets me up and going when I think about um, coaching people as well as like get me up and going personally as well.
1: That's so good. That's awesome. oh, I love that. I feel like that's a perfect place to wrap it up. So, well, I, I think a lot of people have different things that motivate them, different ways that they feel like supported. And you kind of hit on all of those different different types of people, right? Like some people are going to go by spite. Some people are going to be motivated by positive energy. Like it's as long as you kind of can provide something for everyone, then we get more people out there running and feeling good. So thank you so much for all that you do for everyone out there who wants to be a runner. Can you give us a little bit more information about your book, when it's coming out, where people can buy it?
2: Absolutely. So the Slow Yeah Run Club, the ultimate guide for anybody who wants to run, will be available in all stores on June 6th. So it's available Mm -hmm. on Barnes and Noble, your local indie store, wherever books are sold, Target, Walmart, it will be there. If you would like to get an autographed copy, I partnered with um, this small independent bookstore called Pocket Books. Um, so if you go to pocketbookshop.com, uh, any book that's purchased through there, I'm actually going to Pennsylvania and I'm going to go sign a bunch of books and you'll get an autographed copy uh, from there. Um, you can find out more about the Slow AF Run Club at com. Uh, we also got an app on iOS and Android. So once you get done listening to this podcast, Go on over to your app store and download the Slow yep Run Club app. This is where all our communities have is housed that. We got run coaching, we got training plans, and then uh, every week we have a personal trainer who provides accessible um, workouts. So she does cheer workouts and help you to figure out how to moder- um, modify down or up. And then, personally, if you want to get in touch with in, in touch with me, you can find me at um, at three hundred pounds and running on Instagram. That's the number three hundred, and then spell out pounds and running. You can find me there as well as three hundred pounds and running on
0: Facebook as well.
1: Love it! Amazing! Uh, awesome! We're getting ourselves a autograph copy for yeah. sure.
0: <laughs> I didn't realize you had an app. Actually, that's really cool. Absolutely, it's so man. accessible. That's,
2: that's that's where the the community is all housed at. It's, it's housed inside of the app.
1: That's so cool. Awesome. Well, we'll link all of that in the show notes of the episode as well. So everybody can easily click on it and go find everything. So thank you so much again, Martinez. We really appreciate you, everything you're doing, and for you taking your time to be with us today. Thank
2: you so much. Thank you for having me.